Welcome to Feeding Frenzy, a podcast brought to you by the Breastfeeding Resource Center. The BRC is a nonprofit organization in Abington, Pennsylvania. We're here to provide support on various parenting topics to help you get through the roller coaster ride of parenting. I'm your host, Colette Acker. Let's take this journey together. Today I have with me Amberly Venti from Pippi Sips. Welcome, Amberly. Thank you. I'm so glad you could join us today. I mean, we know there are a lot of products out there for new parents, and I wanted to talk to Amberly um, about her product because it stemmed from a personal need. So let's jump right in. First of all, Amberly, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, yep, I'm Amberly. I'm a mom of two lovely and wild daughters, um, and live with my, my husband here in Philadelphia. We've lived in Philadelphia, I think. We're nearing on 20 years. Oh, my God. And I apologize. There's some construction going outside. Hopefully, it won't be too distracting. I think that's common. Uh, Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it's Philadelphia. <laughs> um, and I have been working in mental health my whole adult life. Um, so, yep. And mainly here in Philadelphia, a little bit in South Jersey. Um, but came here to Philadelphia after college did a couple years of social work um, and then kind of decided, okay, now I need a master's degree. I would like to be doing clinical work. Um, and I went back to school. I went to Drexel University. Um, I got a degree in dance movement therapy. Um, and then I practiced. I did direct clinical care for, I don't know, many, many years, like uh, eight-ish years okay. after grad school. Then kind of went worked for the insurance provider, and now I actually do a little bit of clinical private practice work. So I'm still in the clinical world, world and doing psychotherapy, um, but I also have this startup that we're going to talk about. Yeah, and so this startup started up because of you returning to work and needing to express your milk and collect it. So tell us a little bit about some of the obstacles that you had in your work um, environment. Yes. Um, so first baby, I won't talk too much about, but first baby I had while working in an outpatient unit, um, I went on my maternity leave. I had my baby, but, um, just, I like to speak about having my first child because it was the first time I realized how hard breastfeeding and pumping can be obviously, cause it was my first child. And, I had some kind of fantasy that I was going to have my first baby and breastfeeding was going to be sunshine and rainbows and she was going to latch right away and my milk was going to be perfect for her and keep her healthy and happy and all those things that, you know, you grow up thinking when you are somebody who grows up wanting to have children, right. uh, which from a very young age, I always wanted to have babies. Um But when I had my first baby, latching was not easy at all. My baby was born on time. She was not a premature infant, but she was only five pounds, 10 ounces. Oh, little. Very, very little. And my, like one breast was like bigger than her body. I felt like, 
So it made sense that latching was hard. Um, I was also in what? Sure. I I understand completely. Yeah. And then I was also like an oversupplier. Um, and so that I felt like I was just like drowning her in breast milk at the same time. (laughs) So it was very, very overwhelming. And because of the support of my friends and family, my partner, and then of course, a lactation consultant, um, I was able to, through a lot of work, time and effort, get her to latch after six weeks though. So it was six weeks of sitting down, trying to get her to latch, her crying, then me crying, then me pumping the milk, then my husband feeding her the milk. So it was just... And don't forget washing the pump parts and going to the bathroom and showering and things like that. Yeah. Uh, All those other things you have to do. Yeah. The triple feeding is a nightmare and six weeks is a long time. So good for you. Yes. Yes. I was very committed, much like I have been in my startup endeavors. I was like, I'm going to get to the end of this. Um, So that was my first experience. And then about four years later, I had my second daughter and I was working in mental health. And so at that time, I had moved up the ladder a little bit where I worked and I had a leadership role. So I was running this outpatient unit in Kensington, Philadelphia. And I say the place it was because Kensington is very um, notorious for being kind of ground zero for the opiate, not ground zero quite, but a very, it was hit very hard by the opiate epidemic. And uh, right around the time that I came back from having my second child is really as things started to kind of hike up with the opiate epidemic. So I ran an outpatient clinic that also had a walk-in program. So you know, you can imagine between mental health crises and substance use crises, we were seeing all sorts of things, people, you know, shooting up in our bathroom, Um, people coming in saying that they wanted to get off of opiates, Um, people coming in psychotic, people coming in with thoughts of suicide. And my job was really to make sure that those people got the services they needed and to make sure that our staff felt supported in giving those services um, so a lot of my job was problem solving. Right. It uh, wasn't which... your uh, view of a therapist where someone's lying on the couch and you're saying, tell me how that makes you feel. <laughs> no, it was definitely very, very different from a little bit of the work I'm doing now, private practice, where, yeah, it's just, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed it in many ways because there is something great about helping people and solving problems. Um, But as you know, also Colette, pumping has its own problem solving that needs to be done. So in the midst of doing all of those things to run the unit, I was also trying to pump and store milk. Um, And between the barriers of trying to find the time to do it, like it was a very fast paced unit. So it was really hard for me to be like, okay, I just need like seven to 10 minutes in my office to pump and like, leave me alone. Right. Or well, I, there's someone having a crisis at, at the door, right? Ex- yeah, exactly. And I, there was a few times I was pumping where somebody would come to the door and be like, something's going on. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to open the door cracking. You just tell me. And like, we'll oh. kind of problem solve as I'm expressing my milk. Wow. And I worked with a lot of women. So it was like, not that big of a deal. Um, so there's that issue. And then the main issue was really storing the milk. The work refrigerator that we had was in the room where we did group therapy and had staff meetings. 
So it was not always appropriate for me to go in there to either put my milk in there or to retrieve my milk, which was sometimes an issue. Sometimes my milk was like held hostage in the room and I was like, I need to go get my baby so I can directly feed her. Um, but I don't want to leave this milk that's going to go to daycare with her for the next day. Right. Right. Yeah. There's all these, uh, you know, it's really hard to work with families um, in a class setting for going back to work because everyone is so individual. And who who would have thought that your milk would have been held hostage at any time, <laughs> you know, at this particular uh, workspace? So yeah. having that problem, what came to your mind next? <laughs> <laughs> so having that problem, I was like, in one, the last thing that I really hated too was I hated the clear. I had the Medela bottles. And so everybody knew there was breast milk in there, which for the most part didn't matter. But every once in a while, I'd be walking the halls with my see through milk bottles. And usually some of the males that I worked with would just be like, I need your help. But then they would see the milk bottles and be like, uh, and just like <laughs> kind later. of not. What? <laughs> maybe later. <laughs> yeah, maybe later. And I'd be like, well, if somebody's like about to like hurt themselves in our waiting room, maybe we should talk about it now. And guess what? My breast milk won't harm you in any way. Right. Um, wow. <laughs> so there was that thing that bothered me. So one day I was in kind of one of those modes where I like couldn't get to the fridge. And then I just like hated the cooler option. It always leaked in my bag. It, mm. You had to remember the ice packs. You didn't know if it kept it the right your milk the right temperature. So I looked at my stainless steel water bottle. I think I had a swell water bottle at the time. And I was just like, I think we need something like this for breast milk. Um, right. And it was a very crazy thought. But that was really like the impetus right there. That was the first thought. Um and here we are almost six years later, and we have a storing, cooling, and monitoring system for breast milk. Right. So your kind your of like it. product is called the Maya. Yep. And by Pippi Sips, we want to make sure that gets out there, the Maya <laughs> by Pippi Sips. Um, and it's really unique and wonderful. I love this product. Um, so tell us a little bit about the design process. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, uh, as I said, I have only experience really in working in mental health. I'm sure I've had other jobs like waitressing and stuff like that, but nothing like product development. So, you know, I think when I first had this thought, I was like, yeah, I'll be like one of those founders on Shark Tank and things will happen overnight. And da, da, da. not that things happened overnight for them, but that's how it appears because it's on TV. Right. Um, so, you know, we kind of, I told my, I had, my brother-in-law had just graduated business school at the time and he's really supportive. And I was like, I have this like really crazy idea. Like women have like no good way to store milk right now. And like, I think we can make something. And he, he was like, that's how people start businesses and make products is with crazy ideas. So he knew two engineers who he had gone to business school with. They were engineers, but also had masters in business and they had developed a product that he did. So big tea. dummies, right? Real big dummies. <laughs> yeah, total <laughs> dummies. <laughs> Engineering um, and masters in business. Nice. Yeah, very impressive. Also, like very kind human beings. Didn't want it. They weren't going to take advantage of us or anything like that. Just like really easy to work with. Um, and they had made this product because one of them was Indian and one of them was Chinese. 
and tea is important for both those cultures. And so they made this product like a Bluetooth enabled tea canister where on your app for the tea canister, you pick the type of tea, like if it's green tea, and then it heats it to the specific temperature that brews green tea to the optimal thing. Wow. Uh, you can yeah. do it from your bed and then go downstairs and get your cup of tea perfectly a perfect temperature. Exactly. Yeah. So such like a great idea and they executed it very well. Um, and they were super excited to like jump in with us. Um, and they, and just to speak to what great characters they were, they, they really worked with us through the prototype phase to get a functioning prototype, but they were not industrial engineers, which is really the artist of engineers. So when they, we got through the working prototype phase. They said, now you need an industrial engineer and we can't do that. Oh. Um, so they connected us to like three or four engineers and like gave it, like coached us on how to interview them and kind of look at their work to understand who would be the best. Um, so then we moved on to our next round of engineers, engineer one singular um, who really made Maya our products, which if you see on our website, www.pippysips.com, it's really a thing of beauty. Like we have a very functional product, but we always were really centered on that. This is a product for mom. Babies get a lot of products. They get a lot of cute products with purple flowers on them or Mickey Mouse on them or fuzzy or whatever. But this was always, we wanted a thing of beauty for mom because moms often get lost in you know, motherhood and people focus on the baby rather than mom. Yeah. And it uh, is beautiful. So you have to check out yeah. our website. So wh- let me just ask you this. Um, you can say it's none of your business, but did you pay <laughs> these engineers? <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Yes. Okay. We paid very good money, these engineers and well worth every penny. Um, yeah. I mean, pro- so like, before I got into this, number one, I thought product development was a much speedier process. Um, and number two, I don't think I realized how much it would cost because how would I have that context right. or knowledge? So along the way, I've um, we've done all sorts of fundraising. Um, we've gotten investment. We've done crowdfunding. We've done friends and family raises. We've entered design contests. I've done a lot of pitch contests. Um, you know, so that's been concurrently in developing research and development of this product. I've been pitching and fundraising my little booty or my big booty off. (laughs) (laughs) And how, how has that been going? I think I saw some of those things on, on your website. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty open about how hard the fundraising process is. I don't think there's any, um, it would be a disservice to, uh, women founders, especially, and then femtech women founders to say that it was easy. Um, fundraising is really hard, uh, you know, and I'm not speaking from a privileged white woman standpoint. Uh, it's even harder for minorities, Mm-hmm. Um, I, hey, I've run, a, I've run a nonprofit for 20 years now. I'm aware of how difficult fundraising is. It's, I mean, and you never stop, right? No, no, no. I always think we're like, I'm like, okay, we got enough money now. And then, nope. It's like, <laughs> that's how business is. You always have to just keep doing it. Um, so how long did the actual product take from, you know, point A where you, 
made this decision to the actual product being available? Almost five and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, you know, there was a lot of like, uh, between, you know, running out of money, things like that happening, but also, uh, right when we were ready to go into manufacturing, which was February, 2020. Wow. Of course. We <laughs> all know what about? happened then. <laughs> Yeah, so we like had just we actually finished a round of fundraising and we're like, great, we have the funds to make it. And then the worldwide pandemic happened. Um, And that just set off a whole whole like slew of events that made it hard to make a product. So between global supply chain issues and ones directly related to the pandemic. So the the plastic, the polypropylene we propylene we needed was the one they use to make vaccine vials. Um, oh, geez. So yeah, they needed that. They needed that. Yeah. Uh, you know, manufacturers also shutting down because people are getting sick. Yeah. Um, there was a steel shortage at some point. We couldn't find stainless steel. Microchips, like, don't even get me started with microchips, which we're still in that. Um, and so the so microchip of- is needed for the temperature? Yep. So on the top of our product, we have a thermolid that indicates the temperature by simply double tapping it or shaking the unit, uh, which like very quick story that came from one of our beta users who was a beer maker. And she was like, you should put the temperature on this thing. My beer making machine has a temperature gauge on it. Um, Yeah. So there's a microchip goes in that um, for it to work properly. And microchips the de- the demand became higher than the supply during the pandemic um and were small beans compared to you know nintendo or right. porsche or ford or <laughs> and literally all the electronics in your home have microchips in them right so pippy sips yeah. got booted to the end of the line so yeah. it's so it looks like a thermos a fancy thermos And so you pump into your regular pump parts and you pour it into the thermos, your room temp or body temp milk. And how does it chill the milk then? Yep. Great question. So actually you can either pump our inner bottle connects directly to like sander mouth pumps. And then we also have an adapter for wide mouth pumps. Um, but most of our users, we have so many users using hands-free pumps, which by the way, I'm like so jealous that that was not around when I was pumping. (laughs) Um, I'm like, this is like the Jetsons. People don't even have to like plug it into a wall and like, da, da, da. Um, so they pour from their hand, their hands-free pumps into the product. Um, and so it cools, there's, two things going on that helps it cool. So number one, we have a cooling puck that's at the base of the unit. You drop it into the unit when you're packing for your packing for your pumping day. And that cooling puck has been in the freezer overnight, much like an ice pack, a lot sleeker, fancier looking. Um, and it goes into the bottom and then you put your milk bottle on top and then you seal it and it's vacuum sealed and it's 18.8 stainless steel which helps to, so the cooling pump will bring the temperature down, but the fact that it's in the stainless steel container is what then helps maintain that temperature for long amounts of time. So then can you put like your next pumping session in on top of that? Yes, you can, but Colette, I will, (laughs) you're the expert here. I know mixing milk is like a little controversial. 
I did it with both babies. Most are users are doing it. Yeah, no, I don't. Mixing milk is not a big deal. Uh, there is a little bit on the timing of the day, but you're you're yeah. pumping during an eight hour time period at work. It's not like you're doing one in the middle of the night, one in the morning. So, um, and you're giving it to the child for the next day at daycare. So it is the same time milk. So, um, yeah. no, no problem there. I would. And so, how many ounces does your product fit? So it fits um, about 11 ounces. The ounce markings on the bottle go up to 10, but you can pump a little bit above that 10. So it's about 11. Okay. Um, and yeah. so is that about the amount that you used to bring home? I used to bring home 12 ounces. Okay. I was a 12 ouncer. So we sell two at a discounted, which we thought about this long and hard. Uh, when we were developing it five years ago, the research showed that like eight to 10 ounces was kind of the average. Um, okay. But I think there's some, with pumps being better, uh, it seems like average pumping volume is going up, which uh, the Breastfeeding Resource Center did a survey with us. So we're like exploring kind of what the average pumping volume is so that we can better serve our customer. Um, yeah. That's, that's great that I'm, glad that you did all that research. Well, and it, and you can't have this huge jug, <laughs> you know, I would rather have two smaller ones, um, than the one large one. So I think that's sensible. Um, yeah, we have a lot of users who do the two and yeah, it's like not a big deal. Yeah, that's great. And can you tell us how much does your product cost? <laughs> Our product costs $124.99, um, but we are really, as we continue to grow as a business, uh, we are looking to bring that price down. I can't, I can't tell you when or how much, but it's yeah, going to happen. We have in the to see how it goes and spread the word yeah. more and get people buying it, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, that is great. And so this was your dream product to have while you were working in that environment. So you would be able to pump, pour it in, not have to go to a separate place, not have to leave it in the refrigerator with other coworkers' food and drink, um, and not accidentally leave it in the refrigerator <laughs> or be forced to because <laughs> it's held hostage. Um, and those are some of the obstacles that I hear every day when talking to parents as they go back to work. Do you yeah. have anything else to add for us today? Hmm. It's a, a good one. Um, just, I don't know. I always, I mean, I'm not a nursing mom anymore, but I'm still really in the space and all the stuff I see. And I just I encourage everybody to be easy on yourself and like, and do what you can always uh, you know, I have one friend who recently weaned and she felt so guilty about it. Yeah. And I said, I think when like, it's about your mental health, it's really about like weighing the benefits and the cons. And, you know, if, if there was more cons in breastfeeding and pumping every day at work, then you did the right thing for you and your baby. Absolutely. Um, and we live in a culture where you have the healthcare professionals saying, you know, now that AAP changed its tune and is following the World Health Organization, we want you to nurse your baby until they're at least two years old. But at 12 weeks, you're going to be separated from them for half the day. Good luck. You're like, you're, <laughs> it's almost yeah. impossible. And, yeah. you know, no maternity leave and all that kind of stuff. Um, so 
when people beat themselves up, it drives me crazy until we have a world where it can be done with plenty of support. You know, you can't beat yourself up about that. Yeah, the system is really not, I mean, the world is like not made for feeders, breastfeeders, pumpers. Like it's just, nothing is, you know, I, the best analogy I can make is like, I'm a left-handed person and much of the world is not made for a left-handed person. Um, but that's nothing compared to trying to pump or feed a baby in this world. Like literally nothing is built to help you in that journey. Yeah. Um, maternity leave. I think that's like that alone is point proves the point. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. But Little things like this, the part that made you absolutely crazy. And what did you do? I'm going to create a product to fix it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today, Amber Lee. And don't forget to go on pippysips.com and order your Maya. It's a beautiful product. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Feeding Frenzy. The BRC is a nonprofit organization committed to providing expert clinical and educational breastfeeding services. Find out more about us at breastfeedingresourcecenter.org.